Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray that this message inspires hope, help, and healing in your life. And as always, welcome home. Hey guys, man, praise the Lord. It's Pastor Chris. And I'll tell you what, we are going to have a great Sunday. Amen. So get ready, grab a cup of coffee. Grab your favorite person. Come on, somebody. I know you've been in quarantine, some of you, but guess what? We're almost out. Everybody say, praise the Lord. We're almost out of it. Amen. Can't wait to see you guys be in the house of the Lord. Be together and just, just love on one another, man. I can't wait till we get in this house. But I'm excited today that we could come to your house. we got a great Sunday planned for you. A lot of cool things going on. Worship was such an experience, wasn't it? I don't know. I've been getting blessed by going in worship early and just being changed and transformed from the presence of God. Hallelujah, man. I'm excited about today. Today, I got a word to encourage you, to equip you, and to impact you how to make it through the days that we're living in. You know, my title of my sermon today is I'm trying to make it through a tough situation. Amen. I'm trying to make it through a tough situation. Glory to God. Well, hey, let's just take a minute and let's get ready to give today. Man, you guys are so faithful. Your giving has made a way for us to meet the needs of so many people. Your faithfulness, your heart to give, you guys are blessing me, man. My, the friends, the partners of the ministry, the church, Everybody connected with one common purpose and one common goal. We're meeting the needs in the church, and we're meeting the needs in the earth. And I, I'll tell you what, I'm, I am blown away by your generosity and your heart to give and your compassion for others. You guys are making me so proud as a pastor that you've taken the message of prosperity, and not only are you applying it to your own life, you're being generous. Look at this scripture we got right here for today. I love this scripture. I gave it to you on Wednesday, but I really want to impact, just really impact you with it. This says, it's Proverbs eleven twenty four, and this is the Message Bible. It says, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed, and those who help others are helped. Man, that is such a good scripture, ain't it? The world of the generous gets larger and larger, amen? But if we get stingy, it gets smaller and smaller. And look what it says here. Them that are what? I love this. The one who blesses others is what? Abundantly blessed. Man, guys, I want you to know your giving is making a way for you to be abundantly blessed in the seasons of life that we're in, in the seasons of life we're going to step in. I don't know about you, but I think that's great news because this is what I know, that my giving or my generosity has made a way for me to meet just not my needs, but the needs of others. What an awesome opportunity. Your generosity is making a difference, and I promise you this, your seed separated to God in its position is now giving you access to God's greater blessing. Ain't that great news? That God's taking care of us. I'm going to tell you what, I want you guys to think upon this just for a minute. Our God is so faithful, isn't he? Look, look at this season of life that we're in and look at how faithful God has been to bring the resources to you that we're making it through a time in the earth that maybe no one has ever seen, but our God is faithful. I don't know about you, but it makes me so excited because I know this word works and the word is working in your life. The word is working in my life. And guess what? 
I'll tell you, my father and your father is taking care of his children. Glory be to God. It might not look like we knew where it was going to come from or how it was going to work out, but God is working out on our behalf. Glory be to God. Praise the Lord. He's so faithful. Let me pray for you in a minute here, but I'm going to tell you some powerful ways you can give. Number one, our number one way for you to give is online giving. Of course, guys, it's relevant FL. Dot org slash giving. Many of you use that way. It's a great way for you to give. It's simple and easy. Another way you can give is this. You could text to give. You text your dollar amount to 386-968-1103. Everything's on the screen. Another powerful way you can give is through Cash App. We've given you many different ways over these times so you could sow to make it easy for you and your family. Cash App is simple. It's dollar sign relevant. FL, just please type in the amount, your name, full information, make sure you take care of that. And then, of course, you could always mail your offering in to Relevant Church, 920 Bevel Road, Daytona Beach, Florida. I want you to know, and just go on this, and the online giving is Relevant FL. I gave you that, .org slash giving. Same way, same process. A lot of great stuff on that Relevant site. Get there. That's why I talked about it just now. Get there and get that information about the, the series and all that stuff. It's all there. And I appreciate your giving. And we know God's going to bless your giving. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you right now for the seeds being sown. I thank you, Lord, for the increase in ability of the anointing resting upon them and their seed. Thank you, Father, you're going to make a way where there seems to be no way in the arena of life and the arena of their finances. Thank you for blessing them and keeping them, and thank you for bringing increase. And I thank you every need will be met in excess and supernaturally above for each and every one of them. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, and everybody said amen. Well, praise the Lord. Give the Lord a shout. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I want you to go here with me in 1 Samuel chapter 30. This story this week I really couldn't shake in my prayer time. I'm getting ready to come to you. The title of my message today is this, I'm trying to make it through a tough situation. Amen. I think today's going to encourage you supernaturally. And it's a story in 1 Samuel. Some of you know the story of David going to Ziglag. 1 Samuel 30, verse 1. I'm going to kind of give you a little preface of what is taking place and the life of David. And how many you know David gets stuck in a tough situation? And I don't know about you, but look at your neighbor and say, tough situations can't last for long. Amen. Sometimes they seem like they never stop. But I promise you, there's an end to tough situations. David's got a story in this in this first Samuel chapter 30 that'll change your life. But let me just give you a little highlight of what was happening in David's life. David is is kind of in operating from one season to another and David is trying to make it through as best he could. You know, that's what I started thinking about, man. We're trying to make it through the best we can tough situations. Saul is trying to kill him and David had to be on the run. A lot of you know the story behind this, but you really need to see this. He's hiding out in a cave. He's trying to escape all this crazy nonsense Saul's throwing at him. And David has an understanding of respecting Saul because he's God's anointed. David still respects Saul's position, even though he's tormenting him in his character. And one of the things you see here is David goes to literally a cave with, with a bunch of misfits called his army. 
Now, I want to kind of give you the preface of what's going on, because before we get to Ziglag, David is on the run from Saul, and he's hiding from Saul all throughout the days, because David is one day going to be king. It's already been prophesied that Saul is on the way out, and David is on the way in. The transition is getting ready to take place where King Saul, because of his disobedience to God, is getting ready to be removed. And David is getting ready to be appointed to be the king. One of the things you realize in the story is that when the prophet came to David's father's house to find the one to be anointed king, we all know the story, David was nowhere to be found. Because David was on the other side of the mountain playing with sheep, taking care of the sheep and tending to the sheep. And you know when the prophet showed up and asked his father, there's got to be another kid because none of these guys you brought before me are the one. David was overlooked. Amen. But David was still chosen. David wasn't in the oper uh, operation that day to see if he could become great. Amen. He was left out of great. But how many of you know when God puts great on you, nobody could take great off of you. Amen. You might be sitting in situations that seem tough and you might feel like, well, maybe I don't have the maybe I don't have the ability to overcome. I've got news for you today. You've got ability to overcome before because this is the key. Before the problem ever showed up, God equipped you to be an overcomer. Amen. You know, I like what the prophet said to the father. He said to David's dad, he goes, do you have another one? Amen. You know, sometimes it looks like life's overlooked us. Sometimes it looks like life has left us behind. Sometimes it looks like people forgot us. Looks like sometimes the people that love us forgot us. But I want you to know, God will never forget you. The Bible said nothing can separate you from the love of God. And David gets chosen to be king, and his journey begins. And in this journey, you think it would be easy, but I got news for you. Sometimes the promises that lead to promotion... They show up in problems. Amen. I really believe that because this is an easy transition. It isn't easy at all. This is the thing we got to remember. So David shows up at the cave of Adelam with 600 rowdy, roughshod guys. These are not the soldiers you're looking for. These guys were in debt. They were messed up. They were probably they were probably a little bit rough around the edges. I know somebody was probably cussing in the cave. Come on, somebody. There is a problem going on with this army that I've got. But how many of you know this is what God gave David to be an overcomer? I don't know about you, but sometimes in life, maybe I'm talking from my pastor perspective, but sometimes in life you got to ask yourself God is this what you've given me to become a champion amen and how many of you know sometimes in life it might not look like you've got what you need but I got news for you you probably got everybody you need and one of the things you see in the story is this is that David and these men these misfits they are called in the Bible literally they are they are gathering together to achieve great things and they don't know it yet but sometimes it seems like well my life is so so out of out of whack God might just have me smack dab in the middle of the miracle of provision you know what I'm saying sometimes I think like that I gotta ask, ask look at your neighbor and say this I'm just trying to make it through tough situations amen I think this is so good because this is what happens before. So David and these men journey to Ziklag in 1 Samuel chapter 30. They're there for about a year and four to six months, about a year and a half time period. And he's there with these men and they get challenged. And I want you to see something. They go out to fight the Philistines, all right? 
And one of the things you see in this is that David takes this army of men. They go out and they fight the Philistines and they find great victory. But on the way home from a battle of victory, they run into back to Ziklag. They were at Ziklag. They left Ziklag. They went to battle. These 600 mighty men that were misfits pulled off a miracle. Amen. And they win and they come home. And on the way back, amen, I I, I want you to see this. On the way back, and this is so important, on the way back to the journey, they find this. And we can start reading right here in 1 Samuel Chapter 30, open your Bibles, or you can watch online right here. Verse 1, it says, And it came to pass, when David and his men were come to Ziglag on the third day, that the Amalekites, amen, now when they come back from fighting the Philistines, the Amalekites basically came and stole, amen. They invaded the south in Ziglag and smitten Ziglag and burned it to the ground with fire, amen. They had taken their women captive, and they didn't sl- kill anybody, but they took everybody great and small. They carried them away and they went their way. And David and his men came to the city and behold it was burned with fire. Their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captive. And then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and they wept and they had no more power to weep. I started asking myself the question. I thought about this. David comes back to Ziglag after fighting a battle. He's in Ziglag, and he's come back to a place that before gave him a little bit of kind of like comfort. But now the place where he was comfortable for a minute has now become discomfortable. After he goes out to battle, he comes back, and guess what he finds? He finds another battle. I don't know about you, but sometimes when it seems like I'm going through battle after battle after battle to overcome, I'm going through tough situation after tough situation after tough situation. I think about this. When David went out to battle, obviously when you go to battle, Amen. They didn't come back when the place of comfort, they came back with some bruises. Amen. They came back with some battle scars. Amen. They go out to fight the Philistines and they get a victory. And just when they want to come back and maybe let their guard down, or maybe they just want to come back and take a minute to kind of catch their breath and their rest and recover. Because I don't know about you, but even though you're a warrior, sometimes you get wounded. Amen. Even though you're put on some armor, amen, you take some dents and some dings and you walk through some times of pain and it seems like one season after the next I'm pushing through one problem and then I get through that one and I'm stepping into another fight I'm going from one blessing and then it seems like I got to go into another battle I go from blessing to battle to blessing to battle and sometimes you just want to get a little bit of rest in the whole thing but I got news for you David comes back to Ziglag looking to find a place of rest before he can get the understanding of where he's going. Ziglag is a place. Now, this is what you got to know. David came to Ziglag, and this is what had taken place. He's come to a place that before you can get a breakthrough about this, here comes something else he's got to fight. Compounded by adversities and troubles and pushed to your breaking point. I don't know about you, but you might be there right now. This is what Ziglag means in the Hebrew. It denotes pressing someone even in a position mentally or physically in order to bring out what's kept inside. 
I'm going to say that again. Ziglag, in the Hebrew meaning of the word, what happens at Ziglag? It denotes pressing someone mentally and physically in order to bring out what's kept inside. Thus, this is the key. It denotes the bringing forth of something contained internally and which is done by either applying pressure or pushing through stress. I want you to know something. Ziglag is the place where you come to pull out what's been inside of you all the while and get it to come out of you into the greatness that God called you to be. But I got news for you. It's the only one way to get it out of you is we got to push it out of you. Amen. Sometimes it seems like we go from place to place of discomfort. David comes back from the battle looking for comfort, and he runs into conflict. Amen. Does this sound familiar? I went from one place of place to run after another place to get to another place, and it seems like I tried to come from comfort, but I found conflict. Have you ever looked for comfort and run into conflict? Have you ever looked for comfort and ran into a conflict? Think of this. If you're not careful, you'll get to the point that you stop looking for comfort because you get so used to conflict that you no longer expect anything ever to get better anymore. I go from one place of conflict to the next place of conflict, from the one battle to the next battle to another battle. But he comes home to conflict and gets back there and finds what? More conflict. I want you to see this. This is what we got to understand. When his men who came back from battle and saw their wives were gone and their kids were gone, they got mad at David and wanted to kill him. So he has fought the Philistines, and then he's got to fight his own partners before he ever goes after the Amalekites. And this is what I want you to know. It's a painful thing because sometimes it's hard to basically walk through this. It's a painful thing because it's hard to fight the people who you love. I want you to understand that sometimes. Sometimes we get in this thing where it gets pressed in on every side, and it's hard to fight the people we love. Some of you know what I mean by that. You've been fighting people in your house that you love. You've been fighting your spouse that you love. You've been fighting circumstances in people's lives that you love. You've been battling some stuff that you feel like, man, I go from one battle in this thing to the next battle of this thing, and then I got to fight with the people I love. But I got news for you. David gives us an answer in the word of God. It says, so David and his men, verse 3, came to a place and beheld it was burned. Ziklag, everything was taken. And David with the people lifted up their voice, and they wept until they had no more power to weep. David and his wives were taken captive. Amen. David gets to a place of great distress. I want you to see this. And David says this, Abigail, the wife of Nabal. And I want you to know that even in that story, you could see something here. David was pressed in that relationship because this is the thing. Nabal actually comes against David, and Abigail fought the fight of faith. Woo, come on, somebody, for him, for him to overlook. And David has mercy in a season of life where he was literally coming to come after Nabal. If you read in chapters ahead, what you see was this. Nabal said something to David and got David angry. Amen. And what had happened in the story is this. David is getting ready to turn his men against Nabal and come after him to the point where Abigail went and found him in the middle and said, David, do you think it's going to be smart even though he's wrong? She, she basically mediated in between and said, David, I know you're a great man of battle, but you think it's smart to, to slay him 
and step out of what God told you you were going to be. He had pressure and he was frustrated. And sometimes when you're in the frustrating station of waiting to be the king, you got to realize something about David's life. In that season of life, David was anointed with the sheep and he's waiting to step into his season. He's waiting to step into his breakthrough. He's waiting to step into the next place God has for him. But he's in a place called transition and it's not easy because it seems like I'm going from one battle to the next battle to the next battle. seems like we're living in the earth a little little bit with this, guys. I'm trying to just get through some trouble so I can get to a place of peace. And look what it says here. It says this. It says, David, when he was greatly distressed, look at verse 6. David was greatly distressed for the people spake of stoning him because the soul of all the people were grieved, every man for his son and his daughter. But David encouraged himself in the Lord, my God in heaven. David's in distress. David could have got to a spot where he allowed bitterness to conquer him. He couldn't have sank into a black hole of depression and gave up and quit, or he could fight back. But before David could fight, he knew this. He would have to get his strength and get his courage back. And I love that. David encouraged himself. David looked around, and he saw nothing but discouraged and downcast men. But I got news for you. David had one idea, and it was a right idea. He said, I better go encourage myself before I can ever encourage them. And that's what I want you to realize. Sometimes in life, you got to restore your spiritual courage. You got to take the time to do what it takes to get your spiritual courage back. You got to get to a place, you know, that word encourage means this to grab hold tightly and basically to refrain or basically or support by grabbing hold of. That's what you got to do. David knew this. He said, if I don't grab hold of God, God can't grab hold of me. That's what I want you to know today. To encourage yourself means to grab hold tightly and not let go of God. Amen? To refrain or support by grabbing. Amen? This is what I need you to do today. Look at this. I'm linking to this in verse 7. And it says this, and David said to Abathar, what? The priest, Amalek's son, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod. And Abathar brought thither the ephod to David, and David inquired. And y'all know this part of this. David inquired at, of the Lord, or at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake him? And he answered, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. Amen. I love this story. Some of you read it before, right? Here's the key. David gives us some powerful principles on how do I get through a tough time. Amen. One of the things we see here in verse 8 is this. David inquired of the Lord. I I want you to kind of get this picture because I think it's so important that you see this. David, in his time of affliction, restored himself to God because here's what it was. It led David to this understanding. He feared God more than he feared the battle before him. But this is a good one. He seeks counsel from the Lord because he didn't trust himself in his own decision-making. Man, I'm going to say that again slow, and I want you to get it. David is what, in this time of affliction and pressure, he understood he had holy caution and self-distrust. I like it. I'm going to explain it. What do you mean? David, instead of putting trust and confidence in himself, he distrusted his judgment to be on his own and went to the Lord. That is a powerful statement. Listen to this. David's affliction restored him also to a holy caution 
and a self-distrust. You want to know what the self-distrust is? I might not make the right decision in this moment. Let me check in with God and make sure I'm going in the right direction. Guys, write that down. That is so powerful because you in certain seasons of life are not going to be able to trust yourself. Amen? I don't say that in an off-putting way. I want you to understand that sometimes I got to make sure I have to personally go make sure I put my trust in the Lord. Amen? David might have made a mistake. I love this. Look what it says in Psalms 40, verse 1. David said this in the Psalms. He said, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of the horrible pit and out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. He hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it in fear and shall trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man that make the Lord his trust and respect not the proud, nor such turn side to lies. See what he's saying there? He's saying, look, he said, God will hear me when I call upon him. God, I want you to know God will hear you when you call upon him. I like that. David didn't put trust in his own ability. David didn't put trust in his ability to do the right thing. He trusted God and what God would ask him to do. You know, one of the great things I like about the story is this. It says, and recovery will be unto you. And David recovered everything. I want you to kind of see something here about this story, and I want to give you some, some highlights about this, because that story seems to happen real quick. In verse 18, we see this, and David recovered everything from the Malachites. But we got to, as you read the story, for time's sake, when you go home, you'll all see this. This is what happens. David comes to those men after encouragement. Those were the 600 misfits. And David comes to them after they spoke of stoning him, after he encouraged himself in the Lord. And he said, guys, who wants to go on this journey? Because I'm going after the Lord. He told me to go, and the Lord gave us command to go. And you'll read in the story that as they get ready to go on the journey, some of the, some of the troops get tired. 200 men get tired at one place. 200 men get tired at another place. And David goes with a group that is so small it looks impossible. The 600 men that he went with to go fight the Philistines and got victory, now he's barely down to any. But how many of you know when it looks like all the odds are against you, if God before you, nobody could be against you? I'm telling you, that's so important to see that. I think that's one of the most important things we could see. Sometimes when it looks like you got less, you've got more than you need. I think there's so many things we can look at in this story. When I'm trying to press through trouble, sometimes it looks like, well, why isn't so-and-so here with me? Or why isn't things easier in here? Or where, why doesn't it seem like, why doesn't it seem like God should be doing more for me in this time? But I got news for you. Sometimes God might just allow some people to walk out of one season so you can walk into your next season. You can't always bring everybody with you, but got news for you, and it's good news. That when David won, when he went back, even some of the men got mad. They said, why are you sharing the spoils with these guys? They didn't go out to fight. They didn't go out to the battle. The Bible says this in the message, but they're part of our family. Amen. And if one of us wins, all of us wins. I want you to know that it's a group victory in certain things. Certain seasons of life, it might look like nobody's there. But I got news for you. When you win, everybody wins. The kingdom wins we win, and the kingdom wins. One of the things I love is this. So what made David different? 
What gave David the ability to encourage himself? I want to look at a couple of highlights today that I think can help you push through times and seasons that maybe you don't know. What made David different was this. It was not because he had raw, cool courage and understood stuff. David's thing was fueled by passion. His courage was his confidence in God's promises and God's power to fulfill them. I want you to know something. Sometimes you got to look back. I want you to look back at the past victories that God has given you. He overcame them because guess what? David remembered what it was like to fight a Goliath. David remembered what it was like to be picked even when nobody knew where he was. God came and found him. I want you to look back at the past victories to look at your future success. I thought about David. What could fuel his greatness? You know, I asked myself this. What encourages me? And I'm asking you today, what encourages you? Somebody might say, well, you know, the word of God. I think sometimes we use these things kind of like too flippantly, like, oh, you know, read your Bible and pray and do it. Yeah, but guess what? Sometimes in life, that might not be how you encourage yourself. We would hope the word of God would encourage us, but sometimes we read the word of God and we're not encouraged. Sometimes we pray and we're not encouraged. Sometimes we do those things and we walk out just as messed up as we were when we walked into the presence of God. So I wanted you to look at some stuff. What are some other ways besides the word of God, besides the prayer time, that I can encourage myself? How about looking back at the past victories of God's faithfulness. I think that's what David did. I was thinking what can fuel him to say that, man, I know God can give me the courage to overcome this battle. In these chapters, Samuel the prophet had informed David that he, that David, that God had chosen him to be the next king over Israel. You could read that in 1 Samuel 16. David knew this information when he arrived in the camp and heard of Goliath's sneering rants. He drew additional confidence by remembering how God had helped him in the past. The reality, David even said, I remember one time, what is this uncircumcised Philistine? I've been there with the lion and I've been there with the bear. My God's been with me before, he'll be with me again. When Goliath yelled at David and said, who are you, you little runt? Coming up against me. Don't you know who I am? Don't they send a warrior? They send a little boy. David said, my God was with me. He was with me before. And he'll be with me again today. And today I'll have your head. Because the same God that was with me before will be with me today. I want you to understand something here. David looked and back at his past to catapult him into his future victories. He looked back at the past battles. You know what? I got news for somebody out there today. Guess what? You overcame some stuff that other people would have never overcame. You might have looked like one of those misfits in the cave that didn't have it together, but God has made you a mighty warrior. You should have quit a long time ago. I'm talking to you. Look at your neighbor and say, you should have quit a long time ago, but there ain't no quitting me, baby. Amen? Look, you should have quit. You should have walked away. It should have killed you by now, but I got news for you. You overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. I'm telling you, you've been through some stuff. You felt like you were losing it. You felt like it was over. You felt like you couldn't take another step. You felt like the mental oppression was too much. You felt like the battle was too big. But I got news for you. Guess what, guys? You overcame. You pushed through. And you're here today. You're watching today because you're an overcomer. And if you don't know how you're going to face tomorrow, I'll tell you what. Just look how you faced the past. My God came through over here. You know, I think of the children of Israel when they were walking through the Red Sea. 
And as they walked through, he told Moses, he said, touch the rod on the water, and the water will part. Can you imagine the miracle walking through, watching these walls be held up by the power of God? Can you imagine the faith that it got? But I got news for you. The children of Israel, even seeing the miracles, forgot what God can do. Don't be a forgetter of what he's done for you. Be a rememberer of what he's done for you. Don't be quick to forget what God has done. He saved your marriage. Come on, I'm talking to you. You were on the verge of something and divorce papers, but you hang in there and you guess what you did? You overcame. Guess what? You should have quit, but you didn't. That kid should have never turned out all right, but I got news to you. That kid's going to work out just fine. I'm telling you, situation, you should have been, that bankruptcy should have buried you, but I got news for you. God has empowered you to be fruitful and God has called the blessing of God to come upon you. It didn't take you out. That's the same thing with David. He faced Goliath and he thought back. I guarantee you, he thought back about that day. David believed that God would never break his promise. David knew this, that Goliath had become an obstacle, but David had a promise bigger than the obstacle. God could basically move the Goliaths out of his life, and David saw this. David saw God as bigger and stronger and what more powerful than the fearful Philistine. So he went out to the fight knowing that God would give him victory over Goliath. And when he did, the victory would demonstrate God's power, God's faithfulness, and basically David found courage from that. What was the source of David's courage? Do you ever ask yourself that? I think sometimes we have to understand what something is because we can understand something. Sometimes seeing what it's not will tell us what it is. What was David's source of courage? Courage is not self-generated virtue. Courage is always produced by faith. Whether our faith is in God or whether our faith is in something else is the key to courage. Courage is the key. For the Christian, in Hebrews 10.37, it says this, don't shrink back or don't draw back. 1037 and 38 says this. says a lack of faith could sometimes affect our walk because we fade back. For a Christian, a lack of courage is shrinking back. Don't shrink back. Some, I got news for you. The evidence of lack of faith is when we shrink back. Don't shrink back. I know sometimes it looks like it's a fearful time. It looks like a time of the unknown. It looks like a time of the unrest. It looks like a time we don't know exactly how to navigate. But I know this, as long as we don't step back, we could step in. Step into your future. Look at this. I love this right here. Some Goliath is looming large in your life. God is there. He's ready to help you. Sometimes all we see is this. It seems like the fighting, just like David. When's the, what's the next thing? Fighting seems to be impossible some seasons. Guess what, though? All of us experience this fear. So did David. David is such a helpful example for us, not only because he fueled his confidence and courage to faith Goliath from God's promises. That's the key. But also because he was what? He was frequently fearful of some things that he faced, and he knew he had to be encouraged. So God gave us the same ability. There's some fe- David was frequently fearful before some battles because he had great battles to face. He faced the Goliath, but he found the hope in the Scripture. He faced here. He faced his friends. Not only did he face the Philistines the first battle, he had to face his friends. 
They spoke of stoning him. They were done with David. They had enough. Have you ever felt all alone? You know, sometimes I think this. Sometimes God leaves us to a place of isolation so we could come to him and get navigation. I think that's so important that some seasons of isolation, we feel like we're all alone. They're not set up so you could feel lonely. They're set up so you can go to him and get navigation. He'll show us which way to go sometimes in seasons of isolation. I believe before God's ever going to do the next season of your life, you go through a season of isolation where he speaks to you. He speaks to you things that only you need to know in the season where you're going. And not everybody's going to understand where you're going, guys. So many times we try to get people to understand us. Can you imagine David? He was probably looking at those men that were with him in battle. He'd been with them in the cave. He'd been with them in battle. They've been intimate in settings of life, and now they've got rocks in their hands ready to stone them to death because they had pain in their soul. Sometimes in life it seems like some of our relationships that are supposed to go with us in the future never really pan out to work out like that. I want you to know that even though some people maybe left your life, God didn't leave your life, and God's getting ready to take you to another level. You know, one of the great things about the story, like I said, was this. It looked like he didn't have enough to overcome, but I got news for you. Sometimes just enough is more than enough, and you'll pull it off. I know sometimes it seems there. This is one of the keys that I think is big in David's life. You have to understand something that David, after Ziglag, winds up becoming the king. If you go on to read a little bit further in 2 Samuel, you'll see that David gets crowned at Ziglag. What do you mean he gets crowned? Well, that king crown that was waiting for him was on the other side of Ziglag. Everybody's got to go through Ziglag before you're ever going to receive a promise. You say, Pastor Chris, are you trying to say I'm going to have to push through the battles? Yeah, I'm going to tell you there's going to be some battles you're going to have to push through. But I remember this, and don't ever forget it. If it's, if it, listen, this is really important because I think it's huge. This is the key. If it wasn't worth something, it wouldn't cost you something. Everything in life with the kingdom is sometimes a battle we have to stand and see our God come through. I got news for you. There's an enemy out there trying to keep you from everything God has for you. But I know this, that greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. If you'll just take the time and stand your ground and say what God says about your situation, you can turn it around. Listen to this. He overcame. How did David overcome the waiting even though he was frustrated. That's what happened. David kept going to battle after battle. You got to realize something this. David had an attitude like this. He was anointed to be the king at 17 years of age, but he didn't take the throne until he was 30. For 13 years, he had a lot coming against him. King Saul was jealous of him and tried to kill him. David didn't even do anything wrong. I don't know about you, but some seasons in life, I'm doing everything right, and it seems like everything's going wrong. I don't know about you, but don't you feel like that? Well, God, I'm, I'm doing everything I know to do. Why, if I'm doing everything I know to do and I'm doing it as best I can, does it seem like everything's going wrong? You know, it's not easy. You know, I told you when we started, how do I navigate through tough times? How do I re navigate through tough situations? How do I overcome obstacles? You know, to some people, you say, you know, some people are so insensitive to what you're going through. They look at your situation and go, well, that's not a big deal. Why can't you overcome it? But you don't know the internal struggle I have within me. Most Sometimes people don't know the internal struggle you have in your mind. They don't understand the internal struggle you have about situations and circumstances. But I'm here to tell you today, God does. And I got news for you. If you'll just take the time to keep pressing in, he'll press you over. Amen? I promise you this. Everybody's going to face Ziglag, but on the other side of Ziglag, the promise is waiting for you. There's a great story, and you can read it all through 1 Samuel. You can even find it in Chronicles. You can see it. You know, David goes on.
And not only did they beat down the Amalekites, they win a great battle. And after the Amalekites have been beaten, David starts to, to kind of get it. As he's starting to come back and come back to come home, he hears the story of Jonathan, who he loved. Jonathan's dead, and Saul is dead. Saul gives a great command in the battle as he's running in this season of life, facing the battle. King Saul said this. He came to his servant. He said, take my life. He said, I can't do it. I can't touch you. And Saul basically takes his own life, and the throne is empty. And David, who's to be crowned the king. But this is one of the things of the story that I think is so supernatural, is this, is that one of the servants comes and explains to David what took place. And David is heartbroken to the point where he weeps bitterly over the loss of Jonathan and over the loss of Saul. And one of the things we see in the story on the other side is David is crowned king right after Ziklag. He comes to a place where he puts a crown upon his head, and he steps into the office that God had for him. He waited those 17 years, pressed in and pressed on. Even though David didn't do anything wrong, year after year, I'm sure he thought, God, did I hear you wrong? Is it ever even going to happen? At one point, Nabal, when he came to him, he almost got in trouble. Remember I told you about Abigail? A lot of people understand the story of Abigail and know that Abigail sooner to become David's wife. But that's because Nabal, he basically died. He tried to come against David, and David stood back and never touched him. But how many of you know judgment came upon him? And one day later on, you'll read and you'll see this. David never touched him. David didn't step out even though David was frustrated. I guarantee you that story is a story of frustration. Because he's thinking, shouldn't this have happened by now? I'm starting to get tired in this season I'm in. I'm starting to get heavy in this season I'm in. I go from one battle to the next battle, but I don't see the, I don't see the promise. I go from one battle to the next battle, and I still haven't seen the promise. I go from one battle to the next battle, and I'm still staying faithful to God. Guys, I want to encourage you today. Don't ever stop being faithful. Because God's going to come through. You might not know when, but I promise you this. This zigzag pressing that you have to go through to see a promise, guess what? It's getting you ready for everything God's got for you. Amen? You might feel like I'm pressed in, I'm pressed down, I'm pressed over, I'm pressed out, I'm, pre- I'm ready to check out. But I got news for you. Just hang in there. We're going to come out on the other side. Listen to this. David literally got mad at that. But guess what? David will come. Sometimes courage requires waiting before you see the winning. I want you to write that down. Sometime courage. Sometimes courage requires waiting before you see the winning. There's a season of waiting. David must have been like, man, you know what? I'm tired of waiting. I'm tired. Abigail even comes to him and encouraged him in that season. Remember your life. Remember where you're going. Don't lose focus of the crown that's waiting for the king. Sometimes in life, I think we forget the kings we are on the inside. Don't you live beneath your crown. You live up to the level of where that crown's taking you. I might have to press through. Didn't look like David was the king when he was the shepherd boy. Didn't look like David was the king when he stood against the Goliath. He was bringing lunch to his brothers. He looked like the Grubhub guy. He didn't look like a king. He looked like the delivery guy. But I got news for you today. Just because it might not look like it, he was ready for it. Prepared from the beginning for the greatness that God had for him. I want you to know you're prepared for something great. You say, but Pastor Chris, am I really going to be a king? 
The Bible says you've been made a king and a priest. The Bible says that God's got something for you nobody else in the world gets. That's your promise. That's what your father gave you. That's what God's got for you. Listen to what it says here. I think this is so important. Remember, life will try to push you down, steal your dreams, and talk you into settling for mediocrity. But I want you to have this new attitude. What God started in your life, he's going to finish. The real question is this. Will you keep believing even though it looks impossible? Will you stay in faith even though every voice tells you that it's not going to happen? And will you hold on to the promise that's in you even though you don't see anything happening around you? Listen to this. Sometimes courage requires waiting before you see the winning. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. That's Psalm 27, 14. Waiting shouldn't be passive. Instead, it should be alive and active. In this psalm, David speaks of dwelling in the house of the Lord. This is what I want you to know. The more you stay around the things of God, the more you trust him. And the more you start understanding in the waiting, the waiting isn't punishment. The waiting is the key. I think that's so good. Well, what do you mean? Well, why do I got to wait? Because in the place of waiting, I start cultivating courage that can never be taken away. This courage you're going to get in your season of waiting. I don't know about you guys, but it seems like the earth's kind of in this spot even right now. We're tired of waiting. We're ready to get back. We're ready to get back to what we're supposed to be doing. We're ready to get back to life as usual. We're ready to get. I'm tired of waiting. Are you waiting well? That's my question. Two things I was asking you guys all week. I said, how are you doing in the pressure and how are you doing in the waiting? One of the things I want you to see about David, you can go home and read the story, and you got some time today. Are you waiting well? Am I cultivating what I need to cultivate in this season of life when I don't know where maybe where I'm navigating? Be like David. Go encourage yourself in the Lord. I thought about that for a while this week. How did David encourage himself in the Lord? You know, it doesn't really say. It doesn't say anything besides David went to prayer. And after that, that's where he found his courage. I want to ask you today, where do you find your courage? What, remember this. You know, when we started this, I was thinking about these thoughts. I had them in my mind, and I wrote them down. How do I make it through a tough situation? I'm trying to make it through. What am I going to need to do to make it through this tough situation? I know that God's got something great for me, but I might just be in a place where I have to push through seasons I don't understand. Today, as you walk away, know this. David took a bunch of guys that didn't look like they can go anywhere and won great battles and came back to great adversity. Sometimes in life, we have to walk through great adversity so we could see great victories. It's not always easy, but God's always faithful. But here's what I got to know, that I got to stay encouraged. Because if I don't stay encouraged, I can't encourage you, and you can't be encouraged yourself. You're going to have to encourage yourself. That's your personal time. You know, I started thinking, somebody you might find courage just spending time in worship. You might, find, you might find spending encouraging times in the word. Some of you maybe need to just pick up the phone and call somebody this week and encourage them in what they're walking through. I know this. That encouragement is contagious. And the minute you start getting encouraged yourself, you'll be able to encourage them. I like to see the face on all those guys when David came back from a place prayer, I love David because I, I love his vernacular. I love what he said. He said, shall I pursue them? 
Boy, that's big talk from one guy. He said, I'll go after them, God, if you go with me. Because I don't understand everything, but I know you and me can win. Because I remember how we won before. We can win again. That's what I want to leave you with today, guys. You made it through some stuff in life. You made it through. We're going to make it through this coronavirus. And we're going to come out the other side and we're going to have a testimony of how good we did. We made it through tragic times in the earth because God is for us. We've been through seasons of life where it hasn't been easy, but God has showed us how faithful he is. I want you to be encouraged and encourage yourself as I get ready to pray for you now. This is the key, that if you can find strength in the Lord, you can find victory in the earth. But you're going to have to encourage yourself. You know, I think about David. He was really cool. I kind of got me going. In the journey to go to the next battle, they came back from battle. They come back looking for rest. And all they found was conflict. And as they get ready to go to another battle, some guys were getting tired. David didn't get mad. He didn't rebuke them. He didn't yell at them. He said, okay, if you need to rest, you rest. And he told the other guys, he said, if you need to rest, you rest. But I got to go to the battle. I promise you this. If you can encourage yourself in the Lord through any tough season of life, you'll be battle ready. Sometimes it seems like the battle's too much, but I got news for you. God's bigger than any battle you're ever going to face. But I got to have courage. I got to strengthen myself to get ready to run to the battle. Remember this. Everybody's got to walk through Ziklag to get the crown that fits on your head, and it only fits on your head. Push through some of the pressure you've been facing and encourage yourself in the Lord and let the crown that God had destined for you arrive upon your head. I promise you. On the other side of Ziklag, your crown is waiting for you. Amen. Father, I just thank you for each and every person watching today. I pray they're encouraged. I love them, God. And I just want to see them. I pray today they could take some highlights out of today's message, apply it to their life, grow in the place of grace, grow in this place of encouragement. Not only get encouraged, but be encouraged. And then take that courage they got today and run their race. I believe in them, you believe in them, they believe in themselves today. They've been encouraged and been empowered, and I know you've got greatness waiting for them. Let them step in it, let them see it. Keep them, watch over them, cover them in your precious blood. Watch over them with your angelic host, and be there to bless them and keep them all the days of their life. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Can't wait to see you Wednesday. We'll keep updated what's going on. I'll tell you this. I promise you this. We're going to be really excited when we get out of this season of life we're in. Amen. It might not be comfortable, but God's been committed. Glory to God. I love you guys, and I'm going to see you soon. Keep updated what's going on. Love you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, we invite you to visit us today at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. And as always, welcome home.